So welcome to another uh, OG Livewire on the Goat District podcast. La- last week I go on with uh, Dalton Cates for a press coverage and the Kadarius Tony trade breaks like five minutes before we go live. Uh, and today we have, uh, you know, a, 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 an even bigger trade. Uh, you have TJ Hawkinson uh, being traded um, in his division to the Minnesota Vikings. So uh, we got a lot to talk about. You know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I'll always be traded. Traded. And I'll always be traded. Traded. And I'll always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. So I, I thought this was going to be like a quiet, quick little uh, little podcast. It's like a quiet week on the waiver wire. But we have uh, NFL trade deadline day. Later tonight in the GOAT district, uh, Andrew Schellenberg, JD, Dan Williamson, and myself are going to be sitting down with John Daigle of 4 for 4. Hopefully we're going to have a bunch of trades to break down. But right now we'll break down the TJ Hawkinson trade. So TJ Hawkinson gets traded in his division to Minnesota. Uh, to me, the first thing that stands out to me is Minnesota's going for it. The NFC right now is Philadelphia, and then I think San Francisco is the second-best team, and it's sort of an arms race because Minnesota now kind of has the horses that they can win a playoff game against either of those teams. I think they would still be the underdog, uh, and there's definitely um, a little – they're a little less, little less of a contender than the other two, but they have an effective offense – and they added a really big piece in TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson is tight end four overall right now. This is a big one for our tight end premium um, players, especially in the FFPC. But TJ Hawkinson is is number four tight end in PPR leagues. Uh, in terms of Hawkinson, I think you have to give it a slight downgrade. I think he's still absolutely a tight end one. Um, and again, it's kind of a it's you know after the after the the Andrews Kelsey tier, it's sort of a drop off. It's not really like, you know, tight end three and tight end four. Or so such smashing, but I think Hawkinson will probably settle in like tight end six, tight end seven when the season's over. He's, he's a very, very good player. He's a talented player. Uh, Minnesota, again, they're going for it. They talked about Chase Claypool being a Minnesota Viking. That is, looks like it's not going to happen, uh, but they add another big piece to the puzzle. So it's, you know, KJ Osborne was on the field a ton this past week Um and they were in three wide receiver sets a lot. Obviously, they are very strong at the running back position with Dalvin Cook. This makes, you know, Irv Smith a big downgrade. It makes, you know, Munt a big downgrade. Uh, but certainly you have to like it as a for Kirk Cousins, and you have to like it for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, in terms of Detroit, it sounds like 
Detroit might be making a few trades here at the deadline. They're not going to win a whole lot of games. I think this is a slight downgrade for Jared Goff. I think it's a slight upgrade for the the ancillary receivers like Khalif Raymond. I think Khalif Raymond is a guy that if he's out there on the waiver wire, since it's a waiver wire show, um, I think that Khalif Raymond would be one to add. He's still available in a lot of leagues. And I think that, you know, the Josh Reynolds, those kind of guys are, are, are looking all right. In terms of looking for a replacement, I, I would imagine it's going to be Brock Wright. Uh, it's You have to kind of pull up the the, the Lions uh, depth chart here, but, but Brock Wright, um, he would be the next in line. He's a Notre Dame guy. He's 23 years old. It's, I think he's next man in. And again, he's only has six receptions on the season. Behind him is James Mitchell. And James Mitchell has only one reception on the season. So pretty much all the tight end work was going to TJ Hawkinson. Uh, again, take a look for Khalif Raymond. Josh Reynolds is going to be rostered most places, I think, at this point. DJ Shark, when he comes off of IR, is a little bit interesting. I'm not sure what's going on with Jamison Williams. I think that a lot of us has have Jamison Williams uh, stashed. I know Dan Williamson has been apprehensive apprehensive about him playing this year. Um, shout out to our, our chat. It's lit right now. Johannes. Um, yep, it's it's Brock Wright. Um, and then shout out to 1912. Likes the move for four decent picks. Yeah, I mean, it's a good move. Detroit's rebuilding. They're getting picks. I think you have to like it. I mean, these teams like Chicago and Detroit, it's like dynasty. Like when you're not going to compete, you might as well just get out of it and get some picks. Uh, shout out to JD in the chat. Smash the like for the OG. Appreciate that, JD. Um, shout out to Jose Pena. Um, so basically, this is this is wild. I, I hope we get another trade while we're on the air here. Um, but we're going to go ahead and jump into the waiver wire. Uh, this week is is crazy because you have six teams on by. Uh, we call it by Mageddon in the GOAT district. Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, the Giants, the Steelers, and the 49ers are, are all on bye week. So this is a huge, impactful week for fantasy. Uh, Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper are unavailable to you. Hopefully you get David Njoku coming back after the bye. The, the Harrison Bryant uh, experiment did not seem to work last night. They didn't target him at all. Uh, pour one out for for my fab dollars I spent on Harrison Bryant. And uh, I wrote about him in two waiver wire columns, and I also spoke about him here. So I think that that, that dream has has ended. Uh, D- Dallas, again, they, they looked awesome this past week. Tony Pollard got the rock. We're going to talk about that a little bit with John Daigle later tonight, but he had three touchdowns. The Cowboys scored 49 points, but you're going to have no Dak Prescott, no CeeDee Lamb, no Dalton Schultz, no Tony Pollard, no Zeke. Uh, Denver, you know, Dulcich has been a guy we've talked about on this show a lot and also a guy I've written about a lot. He looks awesome. That's sort of like a waiver wire hit for us this year. Uh, it was not a not a hard one uh, to pick out. I think he's a very talented guy. It's nothing special that we did but we just identified a talented guy who started the year hurt and encourage you to pick him up. Hopefully, hopefully you did. Uh, he had another nice week this past week. Uh, he had four catches. He went over 80 yards. It could have been a lot more. He was tackled at like the two yard line on a long, long reception. Uh, Pittsburgh's a mess. They're on by. They've got to get it together. Uh, Deontay Johnson has been a difficult guy to start. There might be a move where Chase Claypool's traded today. George Pickens had a, had a goose egg this past week. Najee Harris looks just terrible. Uh, the Giants are on by again, so you lose Saquon this week. You lose Christian McCaffrey this week, and gosh, he looks amazing. Uh, so the San Francisco one is a big one. So, you know, we we talk about being a week ahead, sometimes two weeks ahead 
all the very successful high stakes players we've had on the GOAT district um, in these high stakes roundtables have talked about how to handle the uh, bye weeks. You want to look two weeks ahead, try to try to get get in front of it, or you end up with a situation like this where you know you might have a ton of guys on bye this week, and it might be difficult for you to field the lineup. And it also might be difficult for you where you might have to cut someone that you don't want to cut. That's something you have to weigh, um, you know, the opportunity cost of do I want to punt the week or I might have to cut two guys. I mean, those kind of things happen. Uh, it's a difficult thing to do, but be careful about who you cut, especially with the trade deadline coming up where certain guys' values are going to kind of move up and down here. Um, as a look ahead, Next week is Baltimore, Cincinnati, New England, and the New York Jets on the bye week. And then two weeks from now is Jacksonville, New England, Seattle, and Tampa Bay. Uh, so you want to try to get ahead of it. Uh, this past week was was really a fun one. Uh, there was the a couple of teams I have that were, you know, not up there in the standings smash this week. Uh, and then I, I won some big games. So it was, and I also lost a couple of very close ones. I could have used a little bit more Cincinnati points last night. Uh, that was tough. They uh, did not look great. Uh, they can't protect the quarterback. Joe Burrow's getting sacked a lot. It's it's tough. Um, I could have used a little bit more out of T. Higgins, a little bit more out of Tyler Boyd. Uh, Mixon was non-existent. I don't have a whole lot of Mixon, but he had a very poor game in a game they really could have used him. And uh, that Cincinnati team really needs to kind of make some adjustments They've got to protect the quarterback, and it's it's a it's kind of a big mess. They have Carolina this week, which is a very winnable game, so maybe they can get things right. Uh, and again, try to look at these bye weeks. Try to get a little bit ahead of the situation. Um, we're only talking about guys who are rostered in in twenty five percent or less of Yahoo leagues. That's my cutoff for my article, and that's going to be my cutoff for for this show. So obviously, you want to check and see. Certain leagues, like I have, I have one league where, you know, it's a sh more shallow home league where I might look for a guy like Justin Fields, uh, one of these type guys. That's not going to be available to you. The Geno Smiths, the Jared Goffs are, are going to be rostered in most of your leagues that we're talking about. Uh, shout out to ML, shout out to Clayton McAllister, and shout out to uh, Famous J. Uh, the chat is great. Love seeing the live uh, viewers as well. Um, so let's talk about the quarterback position. For the leagues we're talking about, Deshaun Watson is is the guy. Uh, Deshaun Watson is the only potential league winner that I see on the waiver wire. He's going to be available in a lot of places because he's already available in a lot of leagues. And then you also have teams dealing with multiple bye weeks this week. So I think some people that were rostering Deshaun Watson are going to have to to cut him uh, based on the fact that Cleveland's on a bye week and he's still not going to be back until December. He's set to make his debut on December 4th. So I think that you've got to look at your own roster. You might not be able to roster him based on your bye week situation the next few weeks. But if you're if you've rostered a lot, if you're rostering a lot of guys who have already had their bye or your team situation is is poor at the QB position, you know, really consider getting Watson. You know, if you've if you've been getting by with like the Geno Smith types, that's the kind of move I want to make. I want to get to Sean Watson. You already see in Cleveland, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku, David Bell's coming on a little bit, uh, and they have the great running game with Nick Chubb. Not sure what's going to happen with Kareem Hunt today, but 
Watson's coming into a nice situation. I think you can consider him like a top eight quarterback to end the season. I think that's a reasonable expectation for him. And I think his floor would be like QB 12. He's a QB one. He's a talented guy in a good situation. Um, we're not playing, you know, hey, we love guys off the field here. We're playing fantasy football. So go and get Deshaun Watson uh, and try to try to keep him on your roster. Andy Dalton would be the one that would be a little bit more short term. Dalton uh, threw for two touchdown passes again this week. They completely shut out the Raiders. The Raiders are absolutely reeling here. Um, but the Saints, uh, they have another kind of nice matchup this week at home. And you see Alvin Kamara getting unlocked here. I think that you with Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara, Dalton is a guy that's got good weapons around him. Uh, you also have uh, some people theorizing that Dalton is going to be kept as QB because Kamara plays better with Dalton and Dalton actually targets Kamara. It wasn't working with Jameis Winston. So I was of the opinion that Jameis Winston is, was going to take his job back when he comes back. I don't know if that's the case. I think it's uh, Andy Dalton. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's a guy that will get cut this week in some leagues uh, because of the bye. Again, you know what you're getting with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to finish somewhere between quarterback 14 and quarterback 20 most seasons. He's a He's a guy who kind of manages the ship and doesn't really elevate your situation. But if you understand that and you need a guy who can be a QB2, he's uh, passed for two touchdowns now for multiple weeks. I believe it's like four straight weeks of two straight uh, touchdown passes. And again, he has maybe the best weapon in fantasy football again. Christian McCaffrey looks completely locked in. He's got Brandon Ayuk. He's got George Kittle. And then hopefully Debo coming back. So uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of your safety safety blanket quarterback ad. Uh, running back wise, Jalen Warren outgained Najee Harris again this past week. Uh, you know, people kind of get on me on when I when I tweeted that they say it's garbage time. It's a misleading stat. But anybody watching the game, Warren looks like he has the juice. Najee looks like he's Najee looks like he's playing with like a weighted vest on, uh, like a CrossFit twenty five pound weighted vest. And he's running with 25 pounds of extra, you know, weight on his shoulders. And it's like, at some point, you've got to make it a complete split. And I think they might be headed in that direction. Like Mike Tomlin's not a throw in the towel kind of guy. Mike Tomlin has a bye week. He's going to try to get things right this week. And I think it could be a little more Jalen Warren after the bye. Always remember that Mike Tomlin post bye week was when we saw the Chase Claypool explosion. Jalen Warren is not that sort of player. But I think he could be a RB3, um, you know, definitely an RB4 type post-buy if they get him the work. He's he's shifty. He looks explosive. If they got him a few more extra touches a game, he could be a guy that could be like a 10-point-per-game guy uh, post-buy. I, I believe he has it in him. Caleb Huntley rushed for 91 yards on 16 carries this past weekend. The Falcons, we want to criticize Arthur Smith. I certainly do it. He's, I, I'm not a fan of his. Uh, basically the Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London, how he uses those guys. I think it's ridiculous, but Caleb Huntley, he's maxing out. Uh, Huntley runs extremely hard. He's a 230 pound running back. They sort of have something going here with Tyler Algier and Huntley. Algier is seeing more receiving work. Uh, Algier might be a little bit more talented guy, more of a natural runner, but Huntley runs extremely hard. Uh, he's a Florida guy. Uh, he's he's interesting. And I think that if he's going to be getting 15 carries, 14 carries, 16 carries here and there, I think he's a guy that um, should be rostered in on all these leagues. He should not be on waiver wires. 
They have a great matchup against Los Angeles this week. The Chargers cannot stop the run. Huntley is a guy that you can roll with. Uh, I still include Damian Williams in my article. Damian Williams, grab him for a dollar. People are kind of under the radar on him. But the way that they're using the running backs in Atlanta, if they decide to go with Damian Williams, it could be a better role than than some people are imagining. Uh, Remember, he was getting a lot of work week one. Um, So when he comes back from injury, it could make – it could bring Algier and Huntley down a little bit. And obviously Cordero Patterson is going to be back soon. So this Atlanta backfield could be very crowded, but they're, they are committed to getting running back t- running backs touches. So, you know, I want to have as many Atlanta running backs as possible, as crazy as that sounds. I'll throw out Dwayne Washington. Mark Ingram went down with an MCL sprain. They say three to four weeks. Anytime somebody says a month for an older back, I would tend to lean on the the longer side. So you you know Mark Ingram might be down for six weeks here. Um, Dwayne Washington is nothing special, but he is uh, going to be the backup to Alvin Kamara. We want to roster handcuff running backs whenever possible because it is a long season. Guys don't usually play the full year, and Washington might have his opportunities, and he certainly is going to get a few uh, touches. Getting to the chat real real quick. Shout out to Famous J. Famous Jay is saying that uh, Tomlin also could be managing Najee's foot injury. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Uh, Najee is definitely banged up, but at the end of the day, he's out there playing and we have to judge him by how he looks. Um, Shout out to ML. I bet Taysom Hill gets a bunch of carries uh, now. Yeah, I think that that would make sense. Um, Taysom Hill is, is definitely a guy that we've talked about on this show before. And I think Taysom Hill being in the Wildcat to kind of relieve Kamara makes a lot of sense, but... If Kamara were to go down, uh, Dwayne Washington would be the next man in. Um, we'll keep going with Justice Hill. I have to talk about the Ravens running backs every single week. Um, obviously, if Kenyon Drake is available to you uh, in your leagues, uh, go ahead and grab him. He'd be a better play this week. But Gus Edwards is banged up a little bit. He might not miss, but if he does, Justice Hill would be the, the number two running back. Uh, I think Justice Hill looks good. He's had a few, uh, you know, he had a timely fumble uh, recently. Uh, he makes mistakes like that, but he looks elusive and fast when he has the ball in his hands. And again, I think he will be the number two running back this week with Drake running as their RB1. Uh, so we want pieces of that Baltimore uh, backfield, especially in 20-man roster leagues. Dearness Johnson. Johnson we talk about every single week. He has multiple paths to viability. He uh, could, could become the handcuff in Cleveland if Kareem Hunt is moved. Uh, and I think there's also a chance that Dearness Johnson could be moved. So Dearness Johnson could go to somebody looking for a veteran running back, um, or he could just be a handcuff to, to Nick Chubb. Either one would make him, um, you know, a guy you'd roster in these 20-man formats. So Dearness, Dearness Johnson was a guy that I added a bunch of places last week, you know, for uh, 1%, 2%, a few leagues, and I'm kind of sitting on it. If there's no movement at all at the trade deadline with with the Cleveland backfield, I might send him back to the waiver wire, uh, but I think it was worth a shot. Um, I'll throw out Samaje Pirine, Jamichael Hasty, and Dontrell Hilliard. Those three guys I want to check my waiver wires. They should be rostered if you have the space. All three of those guys are handcuffed running backs. Hilliard had a really nice game this past week. You saw Hasty get some work. Um, but all three of those guys, I think if, if Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, or I, I can't even say Travis Etienne goes down just because he, he's becoming one of my favorite guys. 
Um, but all three of those guys are the kind of guys I want to roster. Um, I want to fill my the back of, end of my roster with handcuffed running backs that have pass catching ability. Uh, the the pass catching running backs, even if they don't get a full workload, can usually uh, produce running back two numbers. So those are the kind of guys I want to look for. Uh, and then one of my favorite guys to add, we talked about him last week, with is James Cook. James Cook saw his most work he's seen sub- since September. Uh, he had a nice 41-yard reception this past week when they beat the Green Bay Packers. I think if Singletary were to go down, James Cook would be an RB2. He would not be much around the goal line. I think Josh Allen would either uh, be looking to pass or he would take it in himself. But James Cook, if he had the RB1 role in Buffalo, uh, he would be an RB2 for me. Again, he was a day two draft pick. Uh, He's a guy that people in the dynasty community were not crazy about because you had to use a a first round pick to get him in FFPC type drafts. Uh, And it certainly hasn't happened like, you know, James Cook backers have wanted. But I think if he gets his opportunity... Uh, he could be a fun guy down the stretch. Um, and again, that Buffalo offense is one of the most reliable and best ones in the league. We want Buffalo Bills whenever possible. Uh, getting to the tight end position. Oh, one more guy to check on. He's rostered in all of my leagues at this point, but Kyron Williams. Check and see if he's available. Uh, the Rams running back situation is a mess. I'm not going to talk about Ronnie Rivers. Ronnie Rivers had the most touches this past week, but... I, and I did. I added a lot of Ronnie Rivers uh, on that second waiver wire run, um, but they can't do anything. They can't run between the tackles. Ronnie Rivers actually had more targets than Darrell Henderson. Uh, River, the fact that that Darrell Henderson is getting phased out post bye week is all you need to know about Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams is a smaller back, and he might be a third down back type, a satellite back, if you will. But in this offense, having a running back who can just catch dump off passes at least will help with the pass rush. So Kyron Williams could be like an RB3 when he debuts. And I think that he could have a bigger role than some people think. Uh, We're not going to call him. I don't think he has an RB2 ceiling just based on how the offensive line is right now uh, and the struggles the offense is having. But I think he could be an RB3. So check on Kyron Williams. Um, And again, Ronnie Rivers, I think, is going to have just based on leading the backfield, he's probably going to go for a little more fab than I'd want to spend on him. I grabbed him again very, very cheap late in the week last week, but I wouldn't want to go and spend a ton on him because the Rams also could add a, a running back in you know an hour or two. So we want to keep that in mind. The tight end position is actually really fun this week. Isaiah likely had a smash game, six catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown when Mark Andrews went down this past week. Likely looks really, really good. He uh is able to make people miss in the open field, even though he's not a burner. He's got a shiftiness to him that is really fun to watch. I know that he was like a, uh, he tested poorly um, and some people didn't like him in the dynasty community, but <clears throat> excuse me, the guy is just, he's shifty. He catches the ball. He, he's he got some wide receiver type skills. Uh, if Andrews and Mark Andrews is supposed to play this week, he's not supposed to miss. But with the bye week coming up, I wonder if they don't just sit him or they give him less work uh, and they use a lot of likely. Even if Mark Andrews plays, I think you want to go and add Isaiah likely, especially in tight end premium formats, because Rashad Bateman is now set to miss and the wide receiver situation in Baltimore is sort of a mess. Uh, There is a lot of guys who are kind of jags 
Uh, they added Deshaun Jackson. Uh, you know, we, we, we'll talk about him in a second, but uh, Isaiah likely would be one that I'd be kind of aggressive going for this year. I mean, excuse me, this week. I think that he could be, he could be a, a large fab bid type guy in a lot of these FFPC formats, but I still would want to price check him. I think he's worth like 15%. And I think he'll probably go for more than that. Uh, Harrison Bryant, pour one out. We're not going to talk about him. Tyler Conklin. It's like a like a roller coaster ride here. Conklin was a guy we talked about on this podcast. I wrote about in my waiver wire article on Player Profiler. Uh, he was unbelievable to start the year. He had a he was a tight end one the first few weeks of the season, getting a ton of targets with Joe Flacco. Zach Wilson comes back and Conklin looks like a cut. I know I cut him in a couple formats. He had two straight offensive duds in Week Five and Week Six, but now he has. 16 targets his past two games. He's a almost every snap player, and the Jets' offense is bad. But Zach Wilson has targeted Conklin. I think that Conklin is a guy that we want to consider adding if he's on our waiver wires. And if you didn't cut him, congratulations, you played it correctly. Um, sometimes not cutting a guy is, is, is a skill here in fantasy football and being able to see through it. And uh, if you held on to him, great job. Juwan Johnson. He had a quiet performance this past weekend, but he actually had the most snaps of any Saints wide receiver. I mean, excuse me, of any Saints receiver. Um, and he's also had 15 targets over his past three games. He should not be available in any FFPC format. Um, and he's also a guy that, you know, if you're a tight end needy in NFFC, FFWC, or even a home league, Johnson's on the field uh, the whole time. And Johnson also has shown um, an ability to find the end zone. He had two touchdowns against Arizona two weeks ago. Um, getting back to the chat, shout out to uh, Johannes ML. ML has a good question. Thoughts on J.K. Dobbins as a stash for weeks 15 through 17? I think it's worth it. I think if J.K. Do if you have the room and you can kind of get through these bye weeks, the problem with holding these IR spot guys is when it doesn't pan out, You've missed out on the opportunity cost of adding, you know, guys who could be fantasy relevant. I know I had a team where I was holding Elijah Mitchell. Then obviously the Christian McCaffrey trade happens. And I'm like, you know, maybe Mitchell is going to be a low end RB3 when he comes back just as a change of pace back. But more likely he's a guy that's never going to be a starter for me. And I held him for five weeks. I've had teams holding Jamison Williams for this long. It's it's just difficult to hold these guys who are banged up. So I I, I do like J.K. Dobbins. Um, I think that if you have the roster room, you know, stash him. Shout out to Johannes, stash jo Joshua Kelly too. Yeah, I mean, again, if you if you have the room, uh, stashing these guys is great. But I think you have to really look at your bye week situation over the next few weeks. And again, we want to try to plan accordingly. You need to win to get into the playoffs. So we talk about like Dobbins can help us in weeks 15 through 17, but you've got to get there first. So holding these guys can sometimes just be problematic. Um, shout out to Ruckus in the chat. Chat is great right now. Shout out to JD. Tolbert's a drop. Yeah, I dropped Tolbert. Um, especially with Michael Gallup back playing an every down role. Noah Brown's going to be back. Um, so I, I think the the Tolbert love we had in the, in the, the preseason is, is just not going to come into fruition. And also Dalton Schultz um, is healthy. And also Jake Ferguson is like showing he could be an okay tight end too in that offense. 
Uh, getting to the wide receiver position, Nico Collins. This is a this is an interesting one. He's been cut in a lot of leagues, even some FFPC leagues. He was cut. Um, he's got a groin injury. He was out this past week, but Brandon Cooks could get traded over the next few hours. If Brandon Cooks is traded, Nico Collins would be the de facto wide receiver one in probably the worst offense in the entire NFL, but he would still be a wide receiver one. Uh, so again, he'd be a guy we'd want to roster. Houston is really, really bad. Really, 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 really bad. But again, he could see he could see six, seven targets a week to end the season. Um, so that's something we don't want to ignore. I mean, they don't have anything in Houston. It's bad. It's really bad. It's like Damian Pierce and nothing. And that team seems to have no game plan. Uh, they were completely, completely beat down by the Titans. It was like a two-touchdown game the whole game, it seemed. Uh, and, and Houston can't do a thing. Darius Slayton has now led the Giants in receiving yardage for three of his past four weeks. For three of the past four weeks. Um, he's a wide receiver four. I think moving forward, he's a guy you could treat as a wide receiver four. He is not exciting, but he's a guy that during bye weeks I can throw in the lineup and I can expect 50 yards or so and a few receptions and the chance that he falls into the end zone. It's a low, low end guy to use, but again, he's got a floor that he's displayed now for, for three out of four straight weeks. So, you know, in our deeper formats, Darius Slayton should be rostered. DeAndre Carter is an interesting one. Josh Palmer is going to be rostered in all of the leagues that, well, the people that are tuning in here right now um, are, 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 are paying attention to. Oh, and shout out to Johannes. FFPC has IR spots, yes, for the Dynasty, but not for, not for our main event teams and our, and our football guys teams. So it's... Uh, yeah, Johannes, 100% for Dynasty, it's a different ballgame. You have all these IR spots. It's awesome. Um, it's not awesome when when I have all three spots full. Um, I have a couple. I have one team that was a monster 6-1 and one Dynasty team that uh, has now lost Brees Hall and lost Hollywood Brown, and uh, things are, are, are looking not, not quite as good as a couple weeks ago with all those guys on IR. But uh, shout-out to Johannes. It's, she's absolutely right. Um, DeAndre Carter, getting back to him. Uh, Keenan Allen might not be fully healthy. So I think that we'll kind of know a lot about Allen post buy based on his snap share, but I'm going to go on the assumption that he's not fully healthy. Josh Palmer should be on the field the whole time. Treat Palmer like a wide receiver three this week with no Mike Williams. But if Keenan Allen is, is kind of slow here off post buy, then DeAndre Carter is interesting. Uh, Carter could be on the field um, for two wide receiver sets at times, and he'll be on the field for three wide receiver sets all the time. So Carter's a guy that I think should be rostered in a lot of these deeper formats. Mac Hollins has had two productive weeks uh, in a row. There's bad stuff going on with these Raiders. Um, they just got completely shut down with these with the Saints. Uh, Josh Jacobs came down to earth. Devontae Adams is not putting up big numbers. They can't seem to get Hunter Renfro going. Uh, maybe Josh McDaniels is just kind of a fraud as a head coach. I think we can start exploring that. I mean, we saw the writing on the wall during his first times as head coach, first stint as head coach. And now you're kind of seeing it again with, with Las Vegas, but that was really, really bad against the saints. Uh, but be, that being said, Mac Hollins uh, has had two productive games in a row. He had seven catches, 64 yards this past week, and he found the end zone the week before. So with Waller banged up and Renfro not going, Hollins is, is a guy that, you know, you can keep on your fantasy benches but he's a guy that you can add for cheap off the wire. Uh, we talked about Khalif Raymond 
If he's available, I think he sees a bump up with no TJ Hawkinson. And again, Josh Reynolds, uh, he, he's rostered in most, most of these leagues, but if he's available, I think he sees a slight bump up. Um, Brock Wright, I'm not sure he's going to put up much. Um, so I would look more to the wide receiver position in Detroit. Getting back to wide receivers, Demarcus Robinson and Deshaun Jackson, I put them both in my article. Robinson had the big game this past Thursday night. I mean, he's a jag. He's, he's a journeyman. He was with Kansas City for a while. Um, he was cut from Chicago this year and then matriculates in, in Baltimore. Excuse me, cut from Las Vegas, matric, matriculates in Baltimore, um, has a big game this past Thursday night when Bateman was banged up. Uh, he had, you know, eight targets this past week, and he was great in the first half. But he's a jag. We kind of know what he is. Again, but I don't know your league. Like in some of these NFFC and FFWC formats, Robinson's going to be picked up in a lot of them because they're so wide receiver heavy uh, that any wide receiver who's kind of viable should be scooped up. Uh, Deshaun Jackson would be the guy that I'd be more interested in taking a shot on. Um, if he has a little bit of juice, he could find a role in this offense. Uh, and, you know, Deshaun Jackson, if you've ever rostered him in fantasy, you know that he can break off a big one. Uh, you know, and that's kind of what his his MO, M, his MO, um, his days of being a fantasy starter are over. But let's see kind of the role he he gains in Baltimore. I don't think these guys sign, you know, and come off the street uh, if they don't think that they're going to have a little bit of an opportunity. So we'll see what, what happens there. Terrace Marshall, an old Dan Williamson favorite in the GOAT district, um, a guy that we had huge hopes for coming out of LSU. It hasn't happened yet in his career, but he had his best game of his career this past week. Uh, he had 87 yards receiving on nine targets. He had a 25% target share. Uh, and Carolina Carolina um, had one of its highest scoring games in, in a while against Atlanta. That game was a shootout. Um, Marshall's interesting. He was on the field the whole time. Um, and I think that they're, they're going to see what they have in him for the rest of the year. So, you know, in these deeper wide receiver, uh, you know, wide receiver heavy formats, he's going to be rostered in all of them. I think that you want to take a shot on him and kind of see where this thing goes. Again, this was a guy who in college – was playing alongside Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Uh, and he was on the field and he was catching balls. So like he was a big time, big time draft pick for Carolina. He had big time moments in the preseason. And then the Matt Rule era, they didn't do anything with him. I, I think he's a, a bust at this point, but he's got a chance to kind of regain a lot of dynasty value um, over the second half of the season. He's a guy that I'm interested in adding. I don't think... You're gonna have to spend a whole lot on him, um, but I think he's a guy that you know I would want to get and kind of see where this thing goes. And if DJ Moore is traded in the next few hours, then Terrace Marshall is going to be on the field every every down. Um, again, Carolina's offense without DJ Moore, I think, will take a big, big, big step back. But much like Nico Collins, the top option on a bad offense is still something we want to roster. Uh, Van Jefferson. Cooper Cup suffered an ankle injury this past week. I don't know the extent of it. Van Jefferson um, was already a decent ad. We talked about him last week. He was wide receiver 36 overall uh, last season. He's got a familiarity, familiarity with McVay, a familiarity with Matt Stafford. Um, he could see a more prominent role if Cup misses time. God, that offense is going to be just horrible if, if Cup misses. He's like the whole franchise. Higby had a massive drop this past week. 
Uh, and, you know, they have Allen Robinson, uh, Swaronic, and Jefferson. That could be really, really, really an ugly offense. But that being said, Van Jefferson's a guy I think you want to roster. KJ Hamler is the Dearness Johnson of wide receivers. He could be a guy that could gain a lot of value uh, over the next few hours. Jerry Judy had a nice game this past weekend, and now he might get traded. Uh, there's the rumors around New York are the Giants are, are sniffing, trying to see if they can get Judy. I think that would be a really nice pickup for the New York Giants uh, as they try to make the playoff run. Uh, they could use playmakers. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but if, if, if Judy is traded, Hamler would move into like an every down role opposite Cortland Sutton uh, and the greatest tight end of all time, Greg Dulcich. And you would have a, a, a burner like Hamler playing every single down would be super interesting. He's a guy that I roster in a few places, just hoping for a trade here. If Judy's not moved, I'm probably going to cut cut Hamler. Uh, we certainly don't want a, you know, a handcuff type wide receiver in a middling offense, uh, poor to middling offense like Denver. But if Judy is traded, Hamler's super interesting. Uh, he's one I want to want to take a look at. So that kind of does it um, for for tonight. Just check in uh, the chat to see if there's any uh, questions. Shout out Johannes James Mitchell. Yep, James Mitchell, um, definitely uh, definitely out there now too. At, we're talking about James Mitchell here in the GOAT district. Um, shout out to Johannes. I'm pretty sure Cam Akers was lonely when he came out to LA. He tweeted about wanting so, someone close to him. Okay, well, well, Cam Akers might get traded or cut uh, pretty soon as well. And uh, that kind of does it. So shout out to the chat. The chat was lit. Again, join us tonight at 9 o'clock. We're going to have John Daigle of 4 for 4. I'm sure you're following John Daigle uh, if you follow the GOAT district. Daigle is one of my favorite uh, people in fantasy. Great guy. Great, great, great analyst. He always brings something sharp to our to our podcast whenever he joins us in the GOAT district. Uh, and he's been in the GOAT district now maybe four or five times. Every time he's on, it's awesome. We also have Andrew Schellenberg joining us tonight. We're going to have a full house. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, I will see you guys later.